So I think we can start now and we have, uh, I think, enough participants and I think people would join us, you know, if they are uh, a bit late. So my name is Toriel Glaoui. I'm the founding director of 154 Contemporary African Art Fair. I would like to welcome you all tonight to join us. Uh, we're looking, really looking forward to our conversation. I'm joined tonight by Anya Pencil and Dudu Bloom Moore. Uh, I will first introduce them both and then they will walk us through the work they showed at the fair. Um, and then we will follow by a discussion. Please do send us the question in the chat box. We will try to find time to answer them all. So let's begin. So Anya uh, Pencil, for the people who don't know you, I had the chance to have a, a real quick meeting the last day of the fair uh, in London in real life, which was very exciting. So you're Welsh Ghanaian artist, primarily working with textile. Um, from rug hooking to embroidery, your work evoke tactile tapestry on one hand and can constitute semi-sculptural intervention on the other. You completed your BA in fine art at the Manchester School of Art in 2020. And you're now represented by Ed Cross Fine Art. And this is how we uh, were introduced to you at 154 last fall, last October. And we have Dudu Bloom Moore, which is a South African artist who I had the chance to be with, the, uh, with her on another panel uh, for I think the uh, New African. And you graduated from the Artist Proof Studio at PS in Johannesburg in 2018. Um, you've participated since into various competition and you worked and shown your work in very uh, a number of group shows and art fairs. You've been awarded several prestigious residency program in Italy and in South Africa. And you're now being represented by Berman Contemporary Gallery, which is also how we were introduced to uh, this year at the fair in London uh, at Somerset House. Uh, so for people who are absolutely not you know, familiar with your work um, and were not able to discover those fantastic solo shows we had at 154 London, um, I would let uh, you share some slides of the work uh, that was shown at the fair and walk us through it. So maybe Anya will start and then we'll follow with Dudu. So you can share your, your so Olivia will share your screen. Sorry, she's in the background. And um, Anya, you can walk us through your work and then we'll do the same with Dudu. Uh, so um, the work that I showed at the 154 was, Apart from one, it was all made in 2020 and all made in lockdown. And all of it was from my time at university as well. So the self-portrait I showed was the oldest work I had, which um, made in 2018. Um, and that was the only piece that I, which is latch hooked. So I used two different methods called latch hook and punch needle embroidery when making my work and this is the only one that was fully latch hooked. And um, so this took about six, seven months to make um, because it, of the method that I use it, it's quite painstaking and very similar to crochet braid hairstyle if anyone's familiar with that method of Afro hairdressing. Um, so yeah, um, if we can skip to the next slide, please. Um, this, oh, this is from 2019, and this piece of work was shown at um, the Christie's 154, powered by Christie's, so this was on show there in London as part of the 154. Um, this is um, a punch needled 
rug on well it's not a rug is you made using rug hooking methods um called punch needle embroidery and is a mixture of wool acrylic cotton um cotton hair and uh pu leather diary with Ghanaian um holy bible written in Ghanaian language tree on the front if we could skip to the next uh, this again is a fully punch needled piece which um, features my own hair um, that I cut off my head and is a portrait of myself and one of my younger sisters um, and titled in Welsh which is my first language um, which was the piece is really an exploration of race and uh, being a person of colour in a entirely white um, environment, which is because I grew up in North Wales. Uh, um, so next slide, please. This is again, fully punch needled with hand braided, just expressions braiding hair. And the title again is in Welsh, Mairat Kilch Mayfren, which translates to Mair at Nursery Circle um, in Welsh. Um, it's a portrait of one of my younger sisters again, if we could skip to the next. Again, um, a fully um, punch needled piece, which is called Your Mum Eats Like a Camel. Um, uh, I think this piece has kind of duality in meanings for myself and um, when people view it, but I, I'm sometimes happy to delve into it, but sometimes not, but yeah. Uh, next slide, please. This is a portrait of my dad. Um, it's fully, uh, fully punch needles again, apart from the hair, which is human hair latch hooked, similar to the method of crochet braiding you'd find in Afro hairstyling. And yeah, next slide, sorry. Um, this is Mam Mayravi which is acrylic wool and human hair. Again, the hair is latch hooked um, in a similar way of crochet braids and the piece is fully punch needled. And this is a portrait of me, one of my younger sisters and our mum. So yeah. Um, and this is, this is an annual annum, which is the largest work I've made to date. Um, fully punch needles with a few elements which are um, hooked. But um, this piece was an again an exploration of race and ethnicity in rural areas of the UK, um, particularly looking at myself and having grown up in a rural Welsh community an exploration of being confused and categorised and mistaken for every other person of colour who lived in like 50 miles of the area. So it was an exploration of depersonalization, I suppose, that comes with being categorised as homogeneously a, a non-white blob. And so, yeah, that was kind of where I was going with that. Um, yeah, that's the work I showed up there. Yeah.
So what I have to say for the people in the audience is like you had a wonderful solo show and it really doesn't give you know justice to seeing all those wonderful pieces you know in one room which was just amazing and I know you're in your studio right now and we can see two pieces behind you that are quite exciting as well uh, in the back uh, I guess that you've done uh, bef uh, after the lockdown or after 154 you yeah. were in those, yeah, those, yeah. Those. Well, that one was from the one I had a photo shoot yesterday, day before yesterday, so I put them up on the wall. But this one, which is closest to me, is recently finished. So yeah, I made that post one fifty four. I kind of had a bit of it prior to one fifty four, but I finished it afterwards. Yeah, yeah. and okay. I'm working on a couple more things which are on the floor at the moment. <laughs> Well, we can't wait to see them all when they're done, uh, maybe in six months. <laughs> so, Anya, can you walk us through, uh, sorry, Dudu, can you walk us through your work? Um, and I think we'll share your slides as well. So I think we have also a view on the, on the solo show at the fair as well. So um, this is about me. How <laughs> I, I don't know if I should read through all of it, but yeah. well, I, I know I did like a, a highlight of your wonderful bio, but like I'm sure that we can definitely, you know, it was written in the in the registration page, so I think people had the chance to to read it. But please say anything that I think I missed, and I missed a few probably good things about your biography. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think you got everything. I think you got everything. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is the booth that we're in. It was a solo booth. Um, when I heard that I'd be doing a solo, I mean, it was definitely a, a surprise and kind of scary because, wow, the platform, but, you know, the outcome uh, was very worth it. Next slide, please. I wish I was there, though. And then this is Mind Over Matter. It's a, it's, a one, it's a one work from a series where I either sew or write text or both. And for me, this work, well, including the two types of uh, techniques, it's like layering uh, my feelings or my thoughts. And it was a way to, at the same time, unlayer them. Um, yeah, so having the three in those type of mixed match, it was just a way to explore what I was trying to say or what I was trying to feel, because sometimes I still struggle to know what I'm feeling. Um, and also because I created all this work during the pandemic, uh, with all the thoughts and anxiety and the, and the not knowing of what could happen in the next day kind of thing, I had to stay um, grounded. And this is this is one of the works that kept me that way. And hence, mind over matter, I had to stay focused on what I was trying to do as opposed to, you know, lose, lose focus with everything else that was happening in the world. Next slide, please. Uh, that's, a, of course, a zoom shots. <laughs> Next slide, please. Um, this is one of the first few works that I started with um, in this body of work. So in the beginning, when I was creating the work, 
it was just a matter of play uh, because I had just come from a residency and I was still trying to find my feet in what direction next to take I was trying to take and so this came out of play and um, sewing for me is quite therapeutic and you know it's an action-based thing where you just do one thing over and over again and so I found myself creating all these to me like constellations or stars um, and yeah I made quite a few of them there's still quite a few hanging around with me back home and yes um, I, for me it was definitely connecting some type of I don't know trying to connect the calm amongst the mess that we were in. Um, next slide, please. Um, next one. And then these um, happened when I was in the studio completely because uh, there was a point when our restrictions were uh, loosened up and I was able to move between home and the studio. And that was great for me. And that's, and that's when I started to use the wool because this all of these are in wool and for it, i don't know it was just a it was just to strengthen the thread and at the same time with the shades the, they were quite restricted as much as i was able to move in between the two spaces it, it's still you know there were still certain restrictions couldn't be around people um there was increase in gender-based violence at the time um and i mean there was still a hike at the time i think so yeah it's 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 it was touching on that next slide please and that's the booth i really wish i was there well i can tell you it was beautiful i really enjoy it and i think there was a something with your work where all the audience had to come really close to see it, you know, so as much as it looked really slick, you know, you had like this proximity of the visitor with the work. And I mean, to be honest, you were discovering more layers of your work as soon as you were getting closer. So it was a beautiful experience. It looked beautiful. I can tell you, wish you were there too, to actually see it. But listen, that's great. At least the audience have a good idea of how, you know, your booth and what your work are about. Um, my first question was to both of you and because you both work with textile I wanted to understand you know why you chose textile and you know you talked both about your technique but it was more a question of why this medium rather than mm -hmm. any other so maybe we start with uh, Anya um, and then we'll go for the, to do do um I suppose the choice to work in textiles was pretty I think in some ways kind of political um for me that I just wanted to promote and bring attention to skills that are associated with utility and womanhood and women's productivity outside the home. So working with rugs and like more, I suppose, textiles which are associated with utility as opposed to the decorative, um, I wanted to kind of make people reconsider these things as being finer similar to the way that I work with hair like I think working with textile in loads of different ways is an incredibly creative laborious and technical way of working that is almost completely passed down through at least in the way I work passed down from woman to woman in family settings and not considered to be of any kind of intellectual value which 
angers me. But yeah, I suppose that's the way I wanted to do it. So bringing the hair and rug hooking together as like a craft practice and a fine art practice, I suppose, was almost entirely a political decision. But also wanting to be able to repurpose and use skills that I'd learned outside of an arts education process, like environment, I suppose. So stuff like both skills I learned as a child from, like I taught myself to do hair when I was younger, but after painstakingly watching women braid my hair and braid of women's hair. And I was taught how to rug hook um, as a child by my grandma. So kind of blending these two heritages of skills from different sides of my identity and different sides of my heritage as well. In so yeah, well, that was it for me. And how about you, Dudu? With textile, it's always been like a experimental uh, uh, medium for me. Um, and but at the same time, I remember as a child, I used to try and always sew my clothes or make them a bit tighter or, you know, imagine that I'd eventually make my own. Uh, so it's, and the thing is, I'm attracted to the sensory sense, the sense of it, of the touch and how you have to pay attention to it. If you don't, it's going to control you and it's going to frustrate you. So, um, and in terms of the ideas of my work, you know, in terms of mental health, you do have to pay attention to yourself and uh, your triggers and what, um, how you can work around your anxieties or your mental health. And so I, I think when I started to work with thread, especially, that's when I realized actually that's what it's touching uh, back on. And even the idea that it's this long ending thing where it just keeps going, um, you know, again, mental health is that, you know, it can just keep going. And, uh, but at the same time, you know, you can put it into it if you're aware of it. Um, so yeah, it's just, it just, I just was drawn to it. Um, yeah. And, and ended up enjoying the process of the constant sewing and the method of it. And uh, how about, obviously both of you are working and it seems that it's quite uh, labor intain intensive, you know, like uh, we talked with Anya at the fair, you told me that one piece took you six months to actually produce. Um, and uh, while, you know, you have this time to produce a, a work and you're obviously uh, putting yourself or representing you, yourself personally as a self-portrait or um, some of your, you know, close ones, um, while you're doing this work and there's so much time that has passed, um, how do you, this reflects into your work? You know, do you actually have changes while you're doing it since it took you six months? You know, do you change your mind on some bits of the pieces of the production or how does it actually work for you, Anya, when you start a work and you know it's gonna take you six or seven months to, to finish um, it? I think I work in a way that's quite like organic and the pieces definitely change as I go along, but. Um, I don't draw onto a background and just work freehand, if you know. So I will go in with my needle and just punch into the fabric and not have, I'll have an idea in mind, sometimes a drawing or like a specific vision, but it always looks slightly different from the way that I'd envision it. Um, just because 
as I'm going along, I'm finding a way to create what I am thinking of in my head with my tools, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I suppose I don't think of it when I'm picturing something or drawing something. I'm not, I'm, while I'm working, I'm working out how to translate it from paper or image in my head to textile. So it definitely changes as I go along. But I suppose because I work a lot with images of my family and some images of friends and myself, um, I think like a lot of the works I make are informed by either like introspection or like nostalgia, I suppose, because like a lot of the work I made features myself or my sister as children and I have very specific memories in mind while I'm creating them or specific ideas I have about our relationship at that time or who I am or who they are at that point in time, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and do you work, can you, do you work on different ones at the same time? So you start one and then you continue on a second one that, uh, that you know, appeals to you more that day, for example, or you start on one and you not starting a new one until you finish the, 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 the original one you started. How does it work? Um, if I'm working on a really big one, then I usually am just like, I'm sick of needle punching these like vast just boring bits of color if you know what I mean because it's quite but and then sometimes I'll feel like I want to do like embroidery or work with something which or sometimes that you know when you just like wake up and you've like I've got an idea and it's just kind of like that and I need to start making it like immediately which sounds like stupid but it, it depends like if I don't have any other ideas then I'll just work on but I tend to want to start something immediately when I thought about it if you know what I mean so it sometimes I'll have a load of things on the go sometimes I'll have one thing on the go or sometimes I'll just have nothing on the go but I generally do have something on the go and generally more than one thing but sometimes I get stuck with how things are going along so then I'll tend to look at other projects until I think of a way in my head to figure out what I want to do if you know what I mean yeah and do do do, do your your work is even more uh, special because it's directly related with your state of mind your anxiety etc so it's also because it's time consuming you are you are your state of mind different from the point where you start to the point where you're actually finishing and producing a work yeah, definitely. Um, it, I mean, it, even if I'm in the middle of a certain piece, it could change because my mood might, might just change. So, I mean, I agree with Anya. I'm not also like, I'm not planning it to a T. It's really what I feel at that moment. If I get an idea, I might obsess over, over it, um, working on different works at the same time. So, yeah, it changes and also, um, especially with the with the types of layering that I'm trying to do, it's also a case of what would fit that particular feeling or that particular space or the environment or whatever the influence is at that certain time. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's sometimes it surprises me too, like the way they do change. But at the same time, I can have like a vision of, okay, maybe I want a certain 
body of work to be or to feel in a certain way um, because you know you have to explore uh, certain feelings to a certain extent um, but yeah in general nothing is completely linear it, it changes over time yeah and given that both of your work is so quite personal you know like how and this is probably my hat of a commercial art fair here how do you see it you know in a commercial space or in an art fair having spent so much time you know with it you know like how does it feel when it's being sold and it's going to someone's home uh, you know that uh, it's part of you basically going home or your mental state or you for you your personal you know uh, uh, you, you, your picture of your Yourself or your siblings or things like that. How do you feel about that? Uh, maybe Anya starts, so we're not uh, over uh, talking to you, over each other. I think like at first seeing like we work in a commercial space was really weird because it was just kind of like because loads of them had just been like in my house for like two years in bin bags because I don't really like looking at them that much, and um, we, we sound stupid, but like so much of my work is just like kind of I have something in my brain I need to get out and put somewhere if you know what I mean and I'm, a lot of what I enjoy about making art and my practice is pushing my tools um making something that was in my head something else if you know what I mean like I'm happy people have them but generally when I've made them, I'm not that interested in them anymore. Like, these are on the wall because I had a, a photo shoot. But, like, if I didn't, I wouldn't really look at them because it's it's just, like, a bit weird, like, to have a giant... Like, this is a self-portrait. If I, like, woke up every morning and there was an angry version of me looking at me, I'd just kind of be like, why have you made that? And also, you know when you just hate everything that you make? Like, I think it's kind of, I often don't like the way things look when I'm finished with them, which, and I'm really happy other people like them, but it's kind of just like, you can have it, if you know what I mean. Like, I'm, not, I'm not that attached to it. I'm glad people like them and want them, and it's nice to see them in a public space, but I feel, I don't know, it's just dead weird, especially because, like, loads of them like I was living in like a tiny flat in Manchester and my boyfriend was working from home too of a lockdown so I'd made like pretty much everything that was at the fair on the kitchen floor so I'd been jumping over them for months trying to like make a cup of tea and like my boyfriend and I were just like it was literally like walking on lava jumping trying to not like so when they were on the wall I was just kind of like yeah yeah they are something you know what I mean because working in isolation and not being able to take part in like stuff for ages kind of made me feel like I was just making them for nothing if you know what I mean I don't know but I like making them making them for myself but now they've become something for myself which is for other people and do you know what I mean but in case you don't like them, I mean, the good news is a lot of people like them. So it's yeah, it weird when it's yourself, isn't it? Like, yeah. it's just kind of like, you don't want giant portraits of yourself in your house. Like, it's just a bit weird. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It sounds silly, but uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, I feel like you... I was a bit rambling. 
no, no, don't worry. This is uh, what it is about tonight. It's like about understanding a bit more how you work. How about you, Dudu? How does it that work uh, for you uh, to see, you know, such a, a personal uh, part of you on the wall and being sold? And I mean, I'm super excited. I didn't get to get Anya, Anya piece, but I got to get a Dudu uh, Bloom piece, uh, this, uh, this London uh, edition. Uh, but it must feel a bit odd, no? Like, because you, it's really your state of mind, you know, that uh, is there. Yeah, it's watching my babies go, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's like, okay, so what I'm feeling is valid, you know, okay. So what I'm feeling people can relate to. Um, oh, I'm making something people want to keep. And also for me, my work is also about sharing, like coming out of this, you know, mental state at certain times and it's just like okay so i'm actually it's actually happening and i'm sharing this is like the physicality of it like it's literally going somewhere else so yeah and now that it's selling like wait 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 so it's, it's a lot of what 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 wow um yeah but at the same time it's like wow i'm never going to see my babies again that that <laughs> does be awkward <laughs> sometimes but at the same time i understand why they need to go and how about the titles you know usually titles of works are usually pushed aside or not given a lot of attention but in both of your case your title of your work uh, are quite part of your work in many ways so i know one made me laugh anya i mean obviously i don't speak welsh you know so i couldn't get all the titles but the one where the one title your mom eats like a camel made me laugh as a title but like you know can you tell us more about your your title and how you choose them um i suppose like uh i don't have like a methodology apart from <laughs> i did start intentionally um in titling some of my works in Welsh which is my first language like if people if there's people who are watching who aren't from the UK I'm a speaker of a minority British language called Welsh which is spoken in Wales and only has I think like 250,000 speakers in the world so it's a very I suppose like it was a dying language for a time but it's kind of been revived but it is something that I look at in my work is the um, identity of Welshness and Welshness as opposed to Britishness is often more associated with whiteness and throughout my life when I've met people and have told them I'm a Welsh language speaker or spoken to them in Welsh people are either like why the hell did you learn that good for you for learning that and the kind of I wanted to reflect this but, and also normalize having black faces with Welsh titles, if you know what I mean, because people just think people like me are an impossibility or don't exist. So that was something that was quite meaningful to me in a lot of ways, especially the works which I titled in Welsh, Myra Kilchmethrin and Nian Anig which translate to um, my nursery circle and only us were based on memories of myself being and my sister being little children and being in Welsh medium schools. So schools where we were taught in Welsh and were the only people of colour and were often victims of racism from both 
other students, so children and like staff, so teachers would racially abusing us unknowingly. So well, not on I say unknowingly because people just were often unaware that what they were saying was racist or racist or abusive towards us. So I think I don't know, I just wanted to be like, I don't know, show that I am Welsh and kind of that I exist, if you know what I mean. Mm. And then the rest of the titles of my work are just kind of like if they're based on memories, they're usually to do with um, that memory. So like your mummy is like a camel is to do with a childhood memory. And I think they're just kind of like, just how I, I'm working on a new piece at the moment, which has a funny title, which is <laughs> called Beware the Woman Dog and Her Babies. And that title kind of came into my head before I made the work because it's a very specific memory. So yeah <laughs> well we can't wait to see it and um do do what about the titles like mind over matter for you or you know speaking from a place of i think one is called uh, uh how did you choose them and are they as important as your work itself yeah um mind over matter you know what they say you gotta do the thing and forget your mind uh you know um, so it depends where I get the titles from. Sometimes it's while I'm writing and it's like, oh, something hits me. Sometimes it's from, you know, somebody, something somebody says or, you know, while I'm busy doing research, um, then I'll catch on to it. But it's always about the personal or the emotional or the, the mental health of it. Um, yeah, very intentional titles. And in terms of um, speaking from a place of, actually, I, if I want, if I can talk about that, uh, it was during uh, the increase of gender-based violence during, um, in SA. And as a black woman, you know, feeling these emotions because when I see another black woman being killed just solely for being a black woman, you know, um, and at the same time, society is blaming it on you. It's like, you're speaking from a place of, I don't wanna say nowhere, but from emptiness, because it's, what you're saying is, you, you're not saying anything, nobody's listening to you. It's speaking from a place of fear and sadness and anger and, and trying to, you know, push through anyway but it's so silent the noise is so silent that you're screaming that that's why I left it at speaking from a place of you know um so yeah the the titles are always always intentional uh, always about what is happening in and around me mm. Mm. And uh, one question that I had you both, and I don't know for the people who picked us, uh, you know, in the middle of the conversation, as I said in the beginning, you both recently graduated, you know, when you think about it, one finished in 2018, the other one in 2019. How do you feel this transition is going, you know, from, uh, you know, this uh, educational space to, I guess, moving on to representation by a gallery? Are you feeling comfortable with it? How? Or, uh, or what are your thoughts on, on, this, uh, on this process? Maybe you go, uh, Dudu, so you go first. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
it, it was scary because you hear so many things about representation and you get so many opinions about it. And also you're fresh from graduating, you know, you've this whole time you were fighting and being independent. Um, so yeah, but at the same time, pre-graduation, I was always, you know, trying to get my work out there. Um, so I kind of knew it was coming. It was just a matter of time, but at the same time, I knew I can't just jump into it. I had to research um, and also really decide what my vision was, you know, really remember what I'm doing this for. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a process. You, you choose your team members, you choose your, your, your partners in crime, you know? Um, so it's a process because even in choosing your partners in crime, you learn each other, uh, you learn how to communicate, you learn, um, you know, each other's strengths and weaknesses. And, but at, yeah, so I would say comparing between the independent and the represented, I mean, I think uh, it's nice to not have to juggle a lot at the same time. Because, for instance, with this art fair, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna be able to do it on my own. You know, the team really pushed, was really, really patient with me, and that's what I liked about my team is that, you know, I needed people who are patient with me. Um, so I wasn't going to be able to do this on my own. Um, the tricky part is. I'm naturally an independent person. So sometimes I'm just like, oh, do I really have to say something to, you know, the team? Do I have to? But I do because, you know, that's our, 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 that's how it's going to work, you know, in the end. So yeah, the transition, yeah, the transition, it's a process. Um, you learn each other. You also learn yourself in the process. Um, yeah. Mm. It's not that easy, but it works. Okay. So far, it's working. <laughs> Well, it worked for us. <laughs> how, about, how about you, uh, Anya? How, uh, how did you feel that space transitioning with having representation? Uh, cracking. Like, I proper love it. <laughs> I, 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 I love working with my gallerist. I think we've got a great partnership. Um, he first got in contact with me during when I was still at uni. So it was kind of, I don't know. At first I thought, hmm... Like, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Like, it was just because I was a third, I just started third year and then at uni, and I still, I, I, I did, I wanted to be a professional artist, but I was kind of like, like, yeah, that's not going to happen. You know what I mean? So when it happened, I was like, this can't be happening. <laughs> so I was a bit like, I don't know, but working, I much prefer working with, my gallerist to be at uni like I think it was I enjoyed the time of being at university I mean having the time to dedicate a portion of my life just to learning about creative arts and that kind of thing but I'm much happier the way things are now like I didn't really enjoy art school that much so uh, this this is the perfect way for me and also for me like my gallerist found me on instagram so i'm like dead rubbish at like networking and that so like having to go to shows and like do all this stuff to like meet people to get noticed like i'm so lucky that i've bypassed that because 
I hate going places. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, like, I'm awful at meeting new people. And I think I often make a really bad impression of like when I meet people in real life. So it's nice to have the internet, if you know what I mean. So. No, but it's true that the internet and the social media has completely changed, uh, you know, this for everyone from, uh, you know, artists who are based, you know, in, in Europe or in the US, but also a lot for artists based on the continent, you know, to be able to Absolutely. be discovered on Instagram and uh, on Facebook. I think it's not the first story that I heard where this happened and it materialized into a very good, you know, relationship between the gallery and, and the artist. So I know it's a bit crazy to ask uh, this question during these crazy times, but do you have any plans and work uh, coming up, you know, in the next couple of months when I guess we'll be a bit uh, more free? <laughs> um, is there big plans uh, for you, Anya, already uh, in place of exhibitions or... or yeah. There is some, there's a, quite a few things going on, but I'm not sure if I'm allowed to announce them until they're officially ah. announced, <laughs> unfortunately. But keep oh. an eye on my Instagram. Okay. And leave uh, <laughs> <new> there. <laughs> and how about you, Dudu? Uh, yeah, for now, still playing, you know, uh, the red and black bug bit me harder than I thought. So, but... Even before uh, the pandemic, there was always the plans of, you know, uh, getting into residencies and having to travel and different spaces. So that is also in the lines, but you know, the restrictions are still a bit tight, but that for me, that's my biggest uh, next step, but continuing to participate and work on my work. Yeah, so we're, 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 we have only 15 minutes left, so we have a few questions and I think it will be a good time to maybe move to the questions and see what uh, your, your fans are, <laughs> you are, are asking tonight. So, um, uh, so one, I think you know, we had this discussion uh, to do before, it's to Sevo Landu, uh, who's a visual artist from Johannesburg and he has those questions for Dudu Bloom, but basically therefore they, they really are working for both of you and I think they're very good questions so first of all the first question is what does what does Dudu Bloom's work represent and what art does the identity herself what the, what art does she identify herself with mm. so that's the first question uh, I, I, I tell people abstract uh, multidisciplinary mostly but what's the first first part of the question what does her work represent? Okay. Ah, yeah, I mean, I think it represents vulnerability. Um, it represents mental health, of course. It represents, uh, yeah, mostly that, you know, I, I, I the, the fact that my work always comes out soft is really important to me also because the world can be really hard on every one of us. So, yeah, I just, yeah, it's a, it's a way for me also to be vulnerable. So I think that's what it represents. And yeah. That's, that's a question for you from also to, to Sevo Landu. Uh, but I think I would love to hear Anya's thought on this as well is how did your practice change over time? Time. For example, uh, in the case of Anya, did you always work with uh, with textile? Did you had one point in school where you, you were experimented on other things or textile was always your, your medium? Um, 
I used to paint, but I'm not that good at it. Um, I spoke, like, I, I've always had a textile practice, I suppose. Like, I hadn't formally studied art until I started my degree. So I'd just done, like, a portfolio course, and um, which was kind of, like, broad-based different things. So I suppose I did, like, a lot of, like, rubbish art. <laughs> I don't know, like, I used to paint but not very well. I kind of, and I studied illustration for the first year of my degree because I was kind of like, I want to have something I can make money from for definite. Like I want to have a career that is doing something that I like. So I suppose I did a lot of drawing, a lot of like digital art, that kind of thing. And then by the end of the first year, I was just like, I just want to do whatever I want. So kind of, my artistic practice, I suppose, was always kind of different from my education practice in some ways. So, like, this had been going on in the background, but never part of my school work, I guess. So I've been making work in textiles, I suppose, for, like, nearly 10 years-ish. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I suppose, yeah, that's it. Sorry. And how about you? Uh, did you like? Did you change uh, over time? Your practice has changed. Mm, like so young too. <laughs> I feel like it changes a lot. Um, I like experimenting, so I started drawing, started printmaking. Uh, at some point, I was painting. So all of them come in at some in one way or the other. Uh, but yeah, with the text and the and the and the thread that always shows up like it always comes back to me um so yeah no it changes it gets stronger some points are at some parts it's weaker it changes yeah well as your journey is very still fresh this is a good question the uh, he's asking is is it a he to sevo is it a he to sevo yeah to sevo is asking um is the artist life lonely and what does she what does you do to do the, to counteract it? I don't mind being alone. I don't. <laughs> I think from Anya uh, saying, she said earlier that you don't mind being alone either. No, like, I don't like it. I don't mind. But, but I don't like things. <laughs> so good. This is the reason why I've chosen this life. <laughs> I mean, there's a difference between the lonely and being alone. Um, I don't think it's lonely. You just spend a lot of time alone. Yeah, mm -hmm. you yeah you build a lot of networks and teams around you in the spaces. So somehow you always have support, um, and I have support both family, friends, spaces. So yeah, I hardly ever lonely. Just spend a lot of time alone. And this one is a good one as well. It's like, what is the best piece of advice you would give to an emerging artist? I guess we're still in school because we all <laughs> keep going. Hey, you're tough. <laughs> um, vision, eye on the prize. And yeah, that prize is yours. It doesn't matter. Nobody can tell you what it is. You have to decide what it is. Eye on the prize and keep working for it. That, Easier said than done, but I had the prize. How about you, Anya? Would you say something different? Uh, I <laughs> make work that you like, and you don't always have to listen to other people and just graft 
know what I mean? Like just proper work hard and that's it really. <laughs> so you have um, a, a question um, that is a good one about the choice of colors in your textile works. Uh, why, for example, do you using mainly red and black, for example? Why are those two colors uh, so prominent in your work? Honestly, in the beginning, when I just started creating, that's, that's what happened. Um, but as I kept using the colors, I realized um, they created a certain balance. Uh, everything was not balanced, you know, in the beginning of the lockdown, you know, with all the uncertainty. But with red, it's a bit more vibrant. It's a bit more passionate. Uh, with the black, it's quite the neutral color. Um, and but also it's very dark you know we know how we associate black and you know um, it can it, it was quite the dark time so yeah I think with the black it was just when things were a bit more scary when things were the most uncertain um, it in that time also in terms of the uh, masculine feeling that we were under um, yeah that was the black and then the red you know, you continue as much as, you know, things were tough, you wake up every morning and you get out of bed and see what you can do. So the red represented that um, most here. And Anya, I have a question for you. What is your current piece of work <laughs> you're working on? Um, is it a secret too? <laughs> or can it's we... not a secret. <laughs> well, it's not the... Do you want to see it? Yes. It's kind of like in progress. Well, actually, it looks a bit weird. Hang on. I won't. I'm kind of. It's very, very like. So, this is how like my pieces start, basically. So, this is a piece of Hessian, and this is actually a dog. <laughs> um, <laughs> and a lot of my work is about like chat, just random kind of memories, I suppose, or things which have. Be like family mythologies or family funny things or family traumas and this particular one is um is of my little brother Levi and me I might put me in it I'm not sure if I'm gonna put me in it but um we were in Ghana and he decided he was going to escort me to go to the night market he was seven at the time and I was 19 so he was escorting me to the night market to go and get some food and he was walking in front of me and was just kind of like yeah I'm the man escorting women if you know what I mean and then um, we saw a dog and Levi became very, very afraid and jumped on my back and started screaming, a woman dog and her babies are after us. So I thought it was it was just the most ridiculous thing ever. So it's just that, I guess. So, yeah. So that's where the, the title comes from. Yeah. Then. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of my work is about silly things. A lot of my work is about, I don't know, I like my work to have humour as well as discussing. Like, of serious issues i guess so that's a kind of yeah so we're going to take probably the last question from the audience and it's for both of you is after making a lot of artworks do you feel the need to take a break and why yes because <laughs> <laughs> you put in energy you put in work uh you know you do need a break you're human um 
And I think that's something I had to learn also. I was always one of those, don't stop, you got to keep going. But it's, you, your body will tell you, ah, are you sure? You know, so you do need to listen to your body. You do need to take a break. And also in that time, you are able to, you know, start to absorb your new spaces again. Um, and then in that way, you can now, uh, uh, again, start working and, you know, starting afresh. Yeah, you do need, you do need a break. Your body will tell you. Mm. How about you, Anya? Um, kind of no. I don't know. It depends. It depends, like how I'm feeling. Sometimes I'll make a lot of artworks in one go, and sometimes I'll make. What it just depends. Like it depends if I've got an idea or not. Because I tend to like if I have an idea, I want to make it straight away. So. It, it just depends like if I don't have any ideas and I want to just like sit on the sofa and play Animal Crossing then I'll do it but if I have stuff I want to do then I'll do it if you know what I mean mm. okay so break and no break you both have different views on the <laughs> on <laughs> having, uh, having short breaks but listen guys we're gonna end this uh, discussion which was for me you know really enjoyable and to be honest like to have you both on the on this panel um having known the success you had at 154 and i mean you're both so young in many ways you know coming out of school and i think you're a huge uh, role model for a lot of people coming out uh, from their different programs and being able to participate to art fairs and actually having your work enjoyed by a lot of people um, this uh, this fall. So I wanted to thank you for accepting this uh, this uh, this panel. And I hope that, you know, we'll see you again at the fair and in many other places uh, in the world in the next uh, few months. But thank you so much for being part of uh, this talk. And I hope we'll have a chance to meet again in real life soon. Yeah, thank thanks for having me on. And thanks for everybody watching. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for watching. Bye, take care. Bye. Bye.